send someone else. So I thought about somebody who actually asked that very uh, question, Lord, could you send someone else? And um, so here are four reflections on Moses that um, I've put together for you specifically this morning. You needed to hear this. I believe that that's how things work out. You needed to hear this. So I'm going to tell the story. The story is of a, uh, a man, a man of God, who has been uh, set apart to go and bring freedom and release to God's people. Moses, who feels quite inferior, out as a shepherd on the hillside, and he's being sent now to go and see Pharaoh and to claim the release of uh, Israel, God's people. So God's telling him this. I don't know what God is saying to you at the moment. Um, God continues to speak. This is the fact that our God is not dumb. He is constantly speaking to us and desires to speak through us. And just as this conversation is going to be happening that I'm going to recall to you from Moses, there is a conversation that is happening between God and you right here right now and as you're out and about now the thing about it is we find ourselves uh, distracted I didn't realize how noisy birds were until I was up at some silly time of the morning walking my dog and I'm out and about and I'm thinking oh, birds you are making a racket and then I think to myself no they're always making that noise I think maybe living close to the M3 means that most of that noise is sort of faded out with the hum of the cars but birds are noisy and they're up at early hours giving it some but they're always there and it's not until you tune yourself in that you can hear that they're there it's like so many things unless we take notice I always remember I don't know if you've ever had this experience I remember we had a car we had this car well our car broke down a wheel fell off of it which was quite sad, really. The th oh, I mean, the miracle, I could tell you that miracle. And, you know, we're driving to Haywards Heath, and we just come off of the M23. We've been traveling at just under 70 miles an hour, and, and we're driving into Haywards Heath, and then we're turning down the road. Do you remember? Vale Road. And as we turned down Vale Road, there was a big clunk and a draggy noise um, from the back wheel, the driver's side. And I got, opened the door, looked out, and the wheels come off. Now, that could have happened, on the, but it didn't. It happened as we went around a bend, probably doing about five miles an hour into Hayward's Heath. And um, God just, oh, thank you, Lord. Now, it's got nothing to do with what I'm talking about this morning. But anyway, God speaking. Here's the a, here's a situation. Um, I'm pressing a button and nothing's happening, Mark. Um, so you may have to just flick through. Okay. Oh, is that the first one? Oh, crumbs. Okay, so when it comes down to God releasing us and sending us, you see, just as Moses is set apart and, and given and commissioned to go and release the children of Israel, um, we have been given this amazing opportunity. Because as God's speaking into our life, as God is leading us and guiding us, he's saying, don't keep it to yourself. I want you to go and share what you know about with me, with, of me with others, whether it be here in Basildon or in Loughborough, of all places. My word. I know Loughborough Baptist Church, actually. Um, 
Yeah, I'll fill you in about that maybe. <laughs> Beautiful people in Loughborough. Um, but the thing about it is, when, when we sense that God is asking us to share what we know of him, the love that's impacted our lives, the transformation he's brought in, what happens is usually we come along with excuses. You, you see, when we start to talk to people about God, or if we feel that we should share what God has been doing with us, one of the things that comes up is, do you know what, I don't have all the answers. How, how am I going to say, how am I going to talk about my faith and my relationship with God if I don't have all of the answers? And this is what um, happens in the book of Exodus. Moses says to God, he says, uh, suppose I go to the Israelites and say to them, the God of your fathers has sent me to you, and they ask me, what is his name? You know, what shall I tell them? The one thing that I love, I think one of the, 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 the beautiful things about um, spending time with people, building relationship with people, is that you give people the freedom to not know everything. Do you know, when you put your hand up and say, do you know, I actually don't have a clue. I prefer I don't have a clue than somebody scrabbling around and trying to make something up or, or produce something. Do you, know, do, you know, put your hand, do you know what? I have no idea. Moses does one of these no ideas. Lord, I have no idea. What am I going to tell them? Nobody, nobody loses respect when we say we don't know. And some things we just don't know. I don't know if you've ever found yourself in the situation where people ask you God-type questions and it's sort of stuff you think to yourself, do you know what? I have not got a clue about that. Some people talk, oh, do you know how old the earth is compared to what the Bible says the earth is? What happened to the dinosaurs? What, you know, why did God create Satan? If God created Satan, why couldn't he just destroy Satan and then everything will be good? And you think, to, oh my word. This is one of those exciting things that I have to do with my master's uh, studies at the moment. I'm in year three of my master's. And the stuff that I'm looking at, I'm thinking, oh, do you know what, I haven't got a clue. But that's okay. Because the moment we say we don't have a clue, we then say, but I'm going to trust you, Lord. I'm going to trust you. This is what God said to Moses. Moses says, what am I going to say? God says, <laughs> God says, ah, God says to Moses, do you know, I am who I am. This is what you're to sell, tell the Israelites. Say, I am sent you. Now you think to yourself, you know, who sent you? I am. What's the situation with the I am? There's lots of stuff about this whole phrase, the naming of the I am. But one of the beautiful things that I love about God saying that tell them I am sent you is the fact that he encompasses everything about himself in that one phrase. You know, so what's your God like? Well, the I am is gracious. I am merciful. I am forgiving. I am loving. I am compassionate. I am patient. I am faithful. So when God speaks to Moses, he says, the person that you tell them who is sending you is the one who is everything that they need. When you share about your relationship with Jesus, with others, what you're talking about is, I want to tell you about the one who will meet every single one of your needs because he is everything you need. 
So Moses, he's thinking to himself, what am I going to say? How am I going to speak to these people? The question that he asks is, what do I do if I don't have all the answers? Well, you don't have to have all the answers because you have him. Do you have Jesus? And if you have Jesus, you have the I am. His next question comes up. It's quite an interesting one. Oh, crumbs, that went quick. Um, What if they don't respect me? What if I go to these people and and share with them your love and your desire for them? What about if I, I go and see and they don't have any respect? He's expecting to be ridiculed. He's expecting to be put down. He's expecting to be taunted, tormented. I, 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 I get in there early. Whenever I talk about my faith and my relationship with God, I get in early. I've got this amazing now new group of friends. They don't realize that I'm their friend, but they, they're working on it. And um, they're my dog-walking pals. So the conversation comes around really easy. You know, what do you do? Oh, what do you do? Oh, it's nice. Well, actually, you get to know the dogs first, and then you try and work out who the owners are, and then you try and get the names of the owners. But it's, it's lovely just to be meeting new people. But then I say, you know, what do you do? for? Oh, I'm a Baptist minister. I lead the church in Brighton Hill. Oh, right, okay. So you believe in God. How about that then? <laughs> I wonder if there's any Baptist ministers who don't believe in God. There might be. I don't know, but I do. And, um, and then conversation starts. And there is an openness, and I love it, that actually the reality is we live in a place that there is a spiritual hunger and people want to know. You know, there's so much fear around at the moment, but people's desire is to know what is safe, what is secure, what is steadfast. And the truth of the matter is, as we share our relationship with God with others, there's a, a respect that comes. You know, if you put yourself out on a limb, then people would say, well, either you're bonkers or you've got something. And I believe that we are bonkers, but we've also got something. Well, actually, he's got us. What about the respect? Will they listen? This is, look at these words here. I love this here. It says, and... Uh, yeah, there's this fear you know what if they don't listen to me then God sort of comes back against that and he says well the, uh, the elders of Israel will listen to you God goes ahead doesn't he he goes before and says they will listen to you Moses says well what if they don't you know what if they do not believe me or listen to me and say the Lord did not appear to you Well, the thing about it is, with the question that comes from Moses, where we get a response already, because God's already told him that they're going to listen, the question that comes from Moses is, what if? Now, don't allow a what if to derail the mission that God has given to you, to live your life for God's glory and to share that glory with the world around you. We all know Matthew 28, and Matthew 28 is the Great Commission, and the Great Commission says, therefore, go and make disciples of all nations. The call is on each and every one of us is to go. What if? Well, don't worry about the what if. We just do what we're called to do. And God says, I will be with you. I love the way that uh, God does this for Moses. And and I don't know how he's going to do it for you, but he gives him some scenarios. He says this. He says, what I want you to do is this. He said, the Lord says to him, what's in your hand? A staff, he replied. The Lord said, throw it on the ground. Moses throws it on the ground and it becomes a snake. And he ran from it. Then the Lord said to him, reach out your hand and take it by the tail. So Moses reached out, took hold of the snake and turned back into a staff in his hand. 
Sometimes God just says to us, you've got to remember that I am almighty God. And what I want to do with you and through you is a miracle in somebody's life as you share me with them. Moses is on the hillside and he's thinking to himself, I don't know, are you a God of your word? And God just says, I am a God of my word. Do this. Now, what we recognize here, I want you to know, is that Moses was hearing God speak. This is Almighty God, creator of all things, is saying to him, chuck your stick on the ground. So we know that he's hearing God, and then as he is obedient, he gets to see the miracle that God wants to bring. And so often, miracles come out of obedience. A transformation will come out of us doing what God is calling us to do. He goes on, doesn't he? He gives another example. And uh, in uh, Exodus 4, then the Lord says, put your hand inside your cloak. So Moses put his hand in his cloak. Obedience, he's doing what he's told. And then he took it out and it was leprous like snow. Oh my goodness me. And then, now put it back in the cloak, he said. So Moses put it back in the cloak and then he took it out. It was restored like the rest of his flesh. You would think that would settle it for Moses. You know, I think it would for me, but actually the reality is it doesn't because God's working miracle after miracle after miracle in my life. And I still say, Lord, would you prove? Would you show me? Would you lead me? Would you open a door for me? God is working miracle after miracle after miracle in your lives. But the thing about it is we just take so much of God's goodness for granted. And just like here, Moses just took it for granted. You've done this, Lord. But... Another excuse comes along. Look at this one. This is the brilliant one. I love it when... uh, Press the button, Mark, for me. What if I'm not a great talker? What if I'm not a great communicator? What if I can't speak out? In Exodus 4.10, it says this. Moses said to the Lord, O Lord, I have never been eloquent, neither in the past nor since uh, you have spoken to your servant. I'm slow of speech and tongue. He spent too much time on the hillside chatting to sheep. And now God's saying, I'm going to commission you to go to nations. And he said, whoa, I can't do that. But then if you flip into the New Testament, you find the same situation. This is the Apostle Paul. And he says this, when I came to you, brothers, I did not come with eloquence or superior wisdom as I proclaimed to you the testimony about God. For I resolved to know nothing while I was with you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. I came to you in weakness and fear and with much trembling. So just as Moses didn't feel he was equipped, the Apostle Paul didn't feel he was equipped, just as we don't feel we are equipped. But God will give us the words. And you know, I I love that beautiful story when that blind guy gets healed by Jesus. Uh, I think his name was Bartimaeus. But it might have been another blind guy, because I'm thinking of this off the top of my head. But anyway, the Sadducees and the Pharisees, the, the, the teachers of the law, were trying to catch Jesus out. And they were trying to put stumbling blocks in his way. And this happened on a day that he shouldn't have been healing people. I don't know how you come to that accord. You know, there is a day when you're not allowed to help people who need help. But they were trying to trip up Jesus so that he could be... Um, removed from the area that we must ridicule him get rid of him but the thing about it is they all gathered around all these these uh, uh, people who are trying to trip things up they gathered around this guy and said to him you know tell us what went on whatever and this bloke just says this he said you know look whoa 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 i was blind but now i can see that's it what a testimony 
I was blind. Encounter with Jesus, now I can see. That'll do. And the thing about it is, as God works in our lives, he brings about a testimony. There was a time when we were walking in darkness and he came as the light. And that light transformed everything to the point where you say, Lord, you are worthy of my worship. You're worthy of my devotion. Because you are the I am, the answer to everything that I need in life, I'm going to follow you. Does it matter about what words you say? Does it matter? No, of course it doesn't. What matters is that you just speak. Because what God is doing with you may be exactly what the person that you're sharing with needs to happen in their life too. The fact that you're not fearful, that you're not panicking, that you're not uh, being squeezed by the world. You've turned it around. You said, you know what? I am at peace because God is with me. Those words from Deuteronomy 31, I was talking to the kids about, and I just want to speak over each and every one of us today. Know this, that the Lord himself goes before you, will be with you, he will never leave you, he will not forsake you, do not be afraid, do not be discouraged. And the testimony of your walk with God is a life changing testimony you may not have done something absolutely terrible in the eyes of the lord of of the world and then come to uh, this new super uh, saintly position but actually all of us fall short of god's glory all of us need an encounter with the living god and all of us will be transformed into who he's calling us to be so we look around and we say, do you know what, I, 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 don't know how, I don't have the words. And this is a picture that reminds me of a situation when I was taking a mission team out to Africa. And we've been doing a lot of work about um, preparing ourselves to go, what we would be expecting. There's this group of people, maybe there was a dozen that I was meeting with. And, and in their mind, they had this idea that they were going to support me as I was going to be speaking and teaching at a pastor's conference and, and leading some uh, evening meetings and crusades in the community. So they were there as a, a prayer team, as a backup team, as a, as a, a ministry team. And then we were in the uh, departure lounge. We'd gone through security. We're waiting for our plane. We've got a couple of hours left. And that's the point where I gave out the itinerary of what they were going to be teaching at each of the sessions. And each were looking at me as if to say, I haven't had time to prepare. I, I don't know if I can do this. I, I've never spoken in public. I don't know if this is something I can do. And the thing about it is, this is where I was coming from. I don't want you standing up and speaking into people's lives if it's not a reality to you. And if you have it and you're carrying it, then you should share it. And for each of the people, each of the sessions, they had an hour of teaching at the pastor's conference, an hour. I said to them this, I said, it's really great. I love talking. I love talking. If the bit that you share is five minutes, that gives me 55 to fill. Come on. But if you take 55, I'll sum up and I'll draw things to a close in the last five. The key thing is that you are carrying something of great value for the world and you need to share it. It might take you two minutes, that's fine. It might take you two hours, then go for it. We'll have a coffee break halfway through. Don't feel that you've got nothing to say because the fact that you know Christ or in a relationship with him, you have the most amazing thing to say. Last point I want to say here is the fact that uh, many of us feel that we're not qualified. We're not as qualified as others. I'm not as good as him or I'm not as good as her. Maybe I'm, I'm not good enough. 
We ask the, say the question, don't we? Moses asks the thing, you know, oh Lord, please send someone else to do it. I love the way the message just says, send somebody, anybody else. Well, actually, you are the perfect person to share the story of Jesus in your life. There's no one like you. And what God's been doing in you and with you and through you, through the rough stuff that you've been through, you now have a testimony. You didn't go through it to make the testimony, but because you went through it, you have a testimony. And that is something, you know, you're going to stand with people who have been through some rubbish and you're going to actually be able to say, do you know, I've been there. And they may very ask the question, how did you get through? And I said, you know what, if it wasn't for Jesus, tell me, tell me. And then the story begins. It's as simple as that. I love the Isaiah passage in Isaiah 6. Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, whom shall I send? Here's the question that's coming out today. Whom shall I send? Who's going to go? Who's going to carry the message of the love of God? Who's going to carry the message of the great I am who wants to come along and bring forgiveness and restoration and mercy and love? He wants to come alongside and lift us out of this uh, oppression that makes us feel worthless, criticized, undermined, and lift us back up to that place of recognizing that we are made in the image of God. We are set apart for eternity with him. That we are, this is what the psalmist says in Psalm 139, we are beautifully made, exquisite in his sight. And we've got something we're carrying and Isaiah says this, I heard the voice of him saying, whom shall I send? Who will go for us? And then actually God's people turn around and say, well, this is Isaiah in this situation. But God's people says, do you know what, Lord? Here I am. Send me. Just like Rona was going to come and talk about compassion and somebody got stirred up with a love for kids in nations where there was... Uh, there was de deprivation, there was poverty, there was lack of education. Somebody got stirred up to go. And what did they go with? Well, something simple. This is what God's done for me, and he'll do it for you. And on the back of that, there's an, a significant organization that's transforming lives. But it starts with ones like me and you. So, as I walked across the park, having read... Rona's email or text this morning, I said, Lord, send someone else. Well, that could be what we all would say. But actually, God says, no, you are the perfect person. The right shape for the right hole. And you'll fit perfectly. Just be who you are, who God's called you to be. And we will see a world transformed. Let's pray. Father God, I want to thank you for the call that you've placed on each and every one of our lives. Help us not to undermine your uh, provision in our lives. Help us not to question all that you have poured into us. That we indeed, Lord, we indeed, Lord, would rise up and speak out and share the testimony walk the walk, talk the talk, be who you've called us to be, that we might be a catalyst that brings hope to this town, this nation, this world, for your glory. Amen.